Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome to Total SF and our CJ Holmes episode. CJ is our Warriors beat writer for the Chronicle, and we really need to talk to him right now. I feel like we're in an emergency situation with this team. We are. They just won the championship last year, and now everything's gone to hell. So we wanted to meet CJ finally. I'd never met him in person since he's on the road so often. So we met up with him and learned about his fascinating backstory and what in the world's going on with this team. Yeah, we wanted to get CJ on to talk about the Warriors, but also about CJ. He's had such an interesting path. He was a Division I basketball player at Auburn. That's a Power Five conference. Uh, San Francisco journalists not known for their athleticism, <laughs> so knew there'd be a good story there. Don't sell yourself short, Peter. You're very good on roller skates. Yes, and you're very good at roreography. I've gone to your <laughs> um, outdoor dance aerobics class. You're a pro and yoga, but I think we're outliers, Heather. By the way, shout out to roreography. Dolores Park, Mondays and Fridays, 6 p.m., super fun time. I've been there with my wife, had a great time. I'm looking forward to getting back. Um, back to basketball, we met at Victoria Manalo Draves Park. I did not know. I actually looked up Victoria Manalo Draves after this, and she was, I think, the first gold medalist uh, Asian-American woman. She's a diver from San Francisco. Worth her own episode down the line. Uh, showed up. I was envisioning that maybe CJ and I would hustle some other players on the court. No one thinks a couple of journalists are going to beat them. We shot around a little bit and then sat down and got to talk about the Warriors, about uh, CJ, and we got some travel tips too. Yes, he had very good advice for when you have to fly a lot and how to not lose your mind, as well as some best food tips in cities around the country. Yeah, I really like talking with our colleagues, especially the younger ones. We have so many colleagues with interesting jobs. And Heather, you and I have so much wisdom to impart. <laughs> I think we scared CJ when we told him that we have nearly a half century at the Chronicle between the two of us. That makes us sound really, really old, but we started when we were in third grade, so it's all good. Yeah, actually, to be fair, you were in third grade and I was in seventh grade. We're going to talk Warriors. We'll hear CJ's origin story and we'll get those travel tips. Shout out to the carry-on closet and a lightweight pair of vans when you're on the road. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, praying for a speedy Steph Curry recovery. And this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Welcome to Total SF, CJ Holmes. Uh, we insisted on recording at a basketball court. Was that a passive-aggressive move, considering that's like your career and you're seeing basketballs all the time? Uh, I think it was. I think it was fitting. I think it was fitting and poetic. <laughs> and I'm happy to be here. You know, now I know uh, another cool park to come hang out at. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I, I started immediately when you came on, just making excuses that this is the worst, like least forgiving rim in San Francisco. But I think it's just that I wasn't shooting very well. So. Oh, it's fine. My first couple shots didn't even hit the rim. So yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> think Heather was recording that part. I don't not. I really... I'll only use pictures and videos where you made it. <laughs> it's like it's like one, three. <laughs> there's one like two. one to two. There's like three. I think. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we're very happy that this worked out because mm-hmm. you're such a busy guy following the Warriors all over the country. How many frequent flyer miles have you racked up during this season? You know, not enough. <laughs> not enough. Um, I was trying to, like, you know, for the All-Star break, you know, at first I was going out to Salt Lake City. Steph got hurt, not going anymore. So I was like, you know what, let me check my miles. Because, you know, maybe I can, you know, get a free trip home. Yeah. Well, as someone who's traveling all the time, what tips do you have for your fellow travelers? How do you, like, stay mm-hmm. awake and not get jet lag all the time? You know, actually, I have the innate ability to fall asleep on any flight. Wow. So it's, like, instant <laughs> transportation. Like, I remember, like, the uh, final series last year going, like, back and forth from Boston. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I, I sit in my seat, and as soon as they start, like, decompressing the cabin, I'm out. Wow, I wish like, I had I'm that out ability. Be- yeah, like, I'm out before the plane even takes off. <laughs> so, like, and, like, usually, like, sometimes like, if I know I have a long flight, I like may- I might stay up a little later that night, or if I go to sleep at all, I know, like, I'm going to want to sleep on the plane. Yeah. So, basically, like, try to sleep on your flights if you can, because it's kind of like, like, just instant transmission, like, transportation. And it makes the time go by faster. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then the second uh, one is, like, especially covering the league, like, you want to, like, pack light. Because, uh-huh. like, especially when you're on, like, a five-game road trip, you're, you're like, in and out of airports. You don't want to constantly be, like, waiting for your bag and, like... Yeah, you do ba- carry-on only. Yeah, so I bought this thing called, like, the carry-on closet. I don't know if you guys have seen Whoa, the commercial. No. No, so, no. basically, it's, like, a carry-on size bag, right? And you open it up, and it, like, extends oh, up wow. like a closet. So, you, like, you never have to unpack um, when you get to your hotel. It basically has, like, a section for your socks, for your shirts. The only issue is the shoes, because I have size 13 feet, right? So, I have huge, <laughs> like, dinosaur feet. So, it makes it tough to, like, I gotta, like, you know, pick which shoes. I can do, like, one, two pairs tops. Yeah. Like I said, usually I stick with my Vans, my old reliables, and my and my, uh, my white Nike tear escapes. That's how I do. <laughs> so, uh, try to sleep on flights as much as you can. The, the um, you know, minimize time in the air, at least, like... I don't know, mentally, and then pack lightly, especially when you're covering the NBA because you're going to be in and out of airports mm-hmm. or you're going to be like, you know, waking up at 6 a.m. Like, you know what? You know, you don't have yeah. to deal, deal with all that. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Do you and, get- and don't buy a nail clippers at the airport because it's like $40. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I had to buy a phone charger the other day. So I, like, my phone charger just like stopped working when we were in Boston. So I'd like buy one at the airport the next uh, day, head in the Cleveland, and it was like forty five bucks. Oh I expensed it though, so yeah, shout out to um, yeah. Granddaddy Hurst. <laughs> <laughs> we like to expense things. Uh, do you get much of a chance to explore cities when you're on the road, or is it just the games and then off to the next spot? Yeah, I mean, it's really just like it just depends. I would probably have more time to explore if that's what I wanted to do. But usually, like you know, I try to get in the places early, and I nap. Mm-hmm. I'm a napper. So, like, if I if I sacrifice my nap, then I could probably, like, spend the day, like, go see some things before I have to head to the arena. I've done that. I remember when uh, the Warriors were in Detroit, and uh, me and Anthony Slater, who covers the team for the Athletic, we actually got tickets to go see uh, Lions-Dolphins oh, nice. um, that, that day. So, that nice. was pretty cool, right? Because um, he's a big Dol- <gasps> Dolphins fan. He just kind of invited me. I don't want to say we got tickets. He gave me a ticket. He was just like, hey, look, I have a ticket to the game. Would you like to go? I'm like, Yeah. So um, we got in, like, for that game. Like, we all, everyone landed around, like, 9. Then around, like, 11, like, we, we went to this, like, um, this bar near the arena. It was, like, a rooftop bar. It was, like, really cool. It's, like, different levels. And, and that was cool. We got to go to the game. It was a great game. It was a shootout. Both teams played really well. And uh, we were able to stay the whole time. And we still made it to Kerr um, on time for pregame. So I consider that Sweet. a win. That <laughs> is. Do you have a favorite city on the road or a most underrated city? Um... Favorite city, you know, it's probably just D.C., you know, getting a chance to, like, go home uh, and, and not on my dime. You know, it's always nice. 
Um, you know, th- this year because of the White House visit, we were in D.C. for basically a week. We were there like Sunday, and I didn't leave until like Thursday morning. So, you know, I got to see my family, friends. Did you get to go to the White House? They get to go to the awesome. White House. How was that? It was a cool experience. You know, growing up in D.C., you drive by it like a hundred ti- times. I got like my, my family. Uh, I got a lot of like po- politics people in my family. My grandpa worked on like Capitol Hill uh-huh. under like multiple administrations. Um, my mom worked on Capitol Hill as an intern when she was a kid before, um, you know, branching off into other things. My grandma worked on Capitol Hill. I did not, but I have the Capitol tattooed on my shoulder. Oh, you do? I did not work on Capitol Hill. But, um, you know, it's always good going home as far as like a, you know, and also like the Atlanta trip's always cool. It's always try to like, uh, get a rental car, go down to Auburn, um, you know, check in with the basketball Mm -hmm. program, see those guys, uh, see my frat brothers. I'm a proud member of Omega Sci-Fi fraternity incorporated Sigma Delta chapter um you know the miamis the the new yorks are always fun is there a food place like just like i gotta get to san antonio and get to that taco place <sighs> san francisco you got the best food right here <laughs> i mean that's what i was saying like before i started covering the nba like you know when i was still covering colleges and everything covering pac-12 I always like the california trips because i like the ramen here i'm a big ramen guy i yeah. love ramen like the best ramen is like on the west coast so it's like it was always like california is always like that place i like to go but now that i live here it's not like i lost the luster it's just like i live here but i guess like i'm trying to think of an underrated city for you guys maybe uh, maybe denver i don't know if like denver counts as like underrated it's like you know everyone likes denver colorado but denver's pretty cool uh cool people um it's cold sometimes but yeah. i just like i just like the, the setup the uh-huh. food's pretty good um Cool. Yeah. Well, we were so excited you were coming, but I was also really impressed because I think of journalists in like the lower 15% of athletic achievement. <laughs> and um, you were a Division One basketball player with Auburn. Were you also a journalism major at that time? I mean, were you kind of doing two things at the same time in terms of, you know, you've got this passion for journalism but also basketball yeah for sure um when i first found out i had the opportunity to play at auburn you know i'm sitting in my coach's office my senior year down in img uh head coach is vince walden and a lot of people don't know is even though you get like you know recruited or um you know whether you're a recruiter or preferred walk on or something like that you st- and you know you sign a letter of intent or whatever you still have to sign- fill out a formal like application from that school yeah. you know um so I'm filling out. I'm filling it out. I get to that set of bubbles. Like, what do you want to major in? Like, I had no idea. So like, I get, at this time, I still had, like irrational hoop dreams. Like, I was gonna like make it to the NBA somehow or something. And, you know. You know. Uh, a little side note. I realized I wasn't going to the NBA after my first college practice. <laughs> it, it, it was done. My hoop dreams were done. They were over after my first college practice. But um, my coach basically says, you know, you know, save out and clothes or something I want to give you tomorrow. So I come back to practice the next day, and he has me this book called Don't Put Me In, Coach, by Mark Titus, right? Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Mark. Yeah, no, but, I know. You know, I read it. You know, yeah. Grant, Grantland, um, sure. Club Trillion. He's like six foot ten, and he played a lot of different places. But, yeah, no, I – yeah. Yeah, so um, – so basically, like, I saw, like, Mark's path and how he was able to, you know, come in as a walk-on and, like, create a name for himself and, like, become, you know, a writer writing for, like, Grantland and stuff, uh, writing himself in that way. And that kind of inspired me to kind of do the same thing. And it's cool because I actually got to meet Mark finally at the, I think I want to say, like, the 2018 Final Four, which everyone was in San Antonio, I actually got to meet Mark. Actually, you know, I, yeah, I got to meet Mark at that one, and I saw him again when Auburn was in the Final Four at the Mall of America. They always do that three-on-three U thing every year. 
But um, so that's what that's kind of what led me down the path of journalism. Um, got to Auburn first semester you weren't allowed to like do your major classes just core stuff right like yeah. you're like you know entry math entry all this stuff um so second semester i started working at the school paper obviously i couldn't like you know do men's basketball stuff so that would be a major conflict of interest right so i uh did women's basketball i did uh fo- i covered every football game from my freshman year to my senior year. every single football game i covered you know if we were here which we usually were um and yeah, working out the school paper kind of led to my first internship at Sporting News heading into my senior year, and then that led to a campus correspondence um, with uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, you know, I actually didn't play my senior years. I heard all those horror stories that, you know, I didn't want to be in that situation because, you know, lost my stepdad when I was in college, which is kind of like the backbone of my family, and like my mom was struggling a little bit, pick up the pieces, and like I didn't want to put any additional pressure on her by like, you know graduating and not having something lined up now that inevitably happened anyway because this is a very hard industry to break into i'm sure we all know yeah um so but when i was living at home that year i was just grinding i was doing like you know freelance stuff i did some freelance stuff for espn sb nation Atlanta courier journal doing some auburn coverage i actually got into cal berkeley for grad school so i almost ended up in the bay years before i actually finally ended up in the bay and this is actually somewhere i've always wanted to live so like, I'm glad it worked out the way it did, but uh, I actually got into Berkeley for grad school, and I was going to live uh, w- off campus with Cal basketball players because my friend Brandon Chaka used to be on oh, I remember the him, yeah. yeah he used to be on the Cal men's basketball. I grew up with him. He's from where I'm from, um, so I was actually gonna live with him and a couple of his teammates. I'm not sure if that was like the Jalen Brown year or not. Uh, yeah, I went to a lot of the games, mm-hmm. and I remember him. I remember, actually, Steve Kerr's son was a walk-on. Yeah, he's good and, friends with Steve's And son, he was huh? with, like, the coaches, but I was at the game where he yeah. got in. And it was like, he only got in a few games, but he got in one game where they gave him, like, five minutes, and he hit, I, I think he hit two or three three-pointers. It was probably his, you know, <laughs> more than half of his points for his career, but yeah, cool. <laughs> so, um... So, yeah, so about two months before I was supposed to leave for Berkeley, I, uh... I remember I was coming home one night. I was working at Ralph, Ralph Lauren Polo at Potomac Mills Mall. And the kind of my ritual was like every day I wake up, I check the job boards. Every night before I go to sleep, I check the job boards. And like I saw their Dallas Morning News was looking for a digital producer. So I uh, applied for it and I ended up getting it. Like they offered me the job like two, I think two months before I was supposed to leave for Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I decided to take the job, get in the door. And I was there for a year. And then uh, I was at the Athletic for four years. And uh, one, uh, Two, two years ago around this time, I was uh, sitting at a 76ers game when I got a DM from Christina Carl. And, Previous uh, Total SF podcast guest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing led to another, and now I'm here. Great. Cool. She's done a great job hiring, so I think the staff is top notch. Um, did you play against any of the NBA players you cover now, like back in college? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kyle Anderson destroyed my AU team when we were kids. <laughs> Austin Rivers embarrassed me when I was at IMG. <laughs> oh, man, who else? Trey Lowell's dunked on me in the SEC tournament <laughs> my junior year. You know, Devin Booker was on that team, too. Uh, man, a lot of guys. A lot of guys. Uh, Julie, we played against Julius Randle, Carl Anthony Towns, like all the Kentucky guys over the last couple of years. Trying to think, Jordan Clarkson uh, hit a buzzer beater against us at Auburn Arena. It wasn't a buzzer beater. It's like when he hit, a, you know, a go ahead like bucket of like a second left. You yeah. know, might as well be a buzzer beater. Sure. Um, so many guys across the league. Like I can't, I, I can't even think of them off the top of my head. But uh, 
it's it's really cool to just to be on like the other side of things. It's like, yeah, well now I get to slander you publicly. <laughs> <laughs> joking, joking, joking. We are good. we are objective in this house. That's all right. I, but uh, <laughs> Christina might listen, but the higher up editors don't listen to this. So she knows I'm joking. Man. She knows I'm just playing. But yeah. um, it's it's cool. It's cool. And like you know, some of these guys remember me. Some of them I got to give them a little reminder. <laughs> Austin Rivers remembers me well. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, I remember you. <laughs> Do you so. think being a college athlete? Oh, and Gary Payton. We played against oh, Gary really? Payton. Yeah, when I, how'd you forget that? Yeah, when I was at Auburn, he was at Oklahoma State. <laughs> we played against them out in Vegas. Right. What well, does playing in college help you with your career now? Do you think it gives you, you know, analysis abilities that you might not have had? Or yeah, for sure. I'm not, you know, it's like an argument between like a lot of like it's like a battle between like athletes and like journalists. It's like, oh, how can you? understand the game when you've never done it i don't think that's true i think if you study something enough like anybody doesn't matter if you played or not you can still know it just as well as anybody you might not have that like practical you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. sense of things but like you can still know your x and o's like where people are supposed to be and stuff like that but you know i would say that being a college athlete you know does give me like a different perspective like someone who's played the game on like a high level like i, I didn't never play in the nba but more or less i know what it's like to be in these guys shoes like i know what a 6 a.m workout's like i know mm-hmm. it's like having like talk to the media after a loss um you know i i, I know i know the dynamics of the locker room mm-hmm. and that it just helps me be, connect with these guys on a different level i yeah. feel like and it, it helps my work you know i wish more of that would come out in my writing and it will i'm sure at some point but um it definitely like it helps me build rapport in a way that you know otherwise maybe i couldn't mm-hmm. so like i'm appreciative of those experiences because it, it literally rolled into the next like phase of my life and that's cool. yeah mm-hmm. we'll be right back after this short break yeah so it's fun for us to watch the mm-hmm. last five years you know Heather's uh, youngest son is really in the obsessed. obsessed. Thank you. <laughs> I, I coach and, you know, the kids, I see how excited they are. Such a fun team to watch. Does that translate into a fun team to cover? For sure. For sure. I guess it's just like too much of anything like sucks, right? Like they're winning so much. Then it's kind of like, oh, you get boring with like the winning narrative, right? Well, that's not happening. (laughs) Right? And if they're they're losing like too much, it's just like, man, like, like, so it's just like a a good balance is always nice, right? And of course, like when they are winning, it's like good for business. Like guys are more open to talk. Guys are in better moods generally. Yeah. Steve isn't storming off the podium. You know. (laughs) Does he do that? Sometimes, yeah. And then Steve's a competitor, though, right? Like, and it's like he keeps he keeps it together so well in front of us. But I just like I don't think this Steve is like an an M effing coach, uh-huh. you know, to his players, right? Like, you can but, swear on this podcast if you need to. <laughs> so just if you need to let it out, it's okay if you don't. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so I guess just generally, yeah. Um, when teams are doing well, it's it's a little better to cover. By the end of the day, whether they win or lose, my check's still clear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they seem like they should be better with most of the pieces from last year's championship team still in place. Mm. What's your take on the season? How do you see it ending? Give us, like, the best case, worst case scenario. It just just doesn't make sense to me. It's just so crazy. It's just at home, they're arguably the best team in the NBA. On the road, they're arguably the worst worst, team in the NBA. And it's just, like, I don't think I've ever seen a disparity – this drastic between like home and away and that's pretty much just define the season i mean i remember i forget after which game it was maybe it was after i don't know they lost on the road recently and steph was basically just like i mean 
winning on like we were just, we won a few more games on the road like that's like the difference in like all of the narrative surrounding our team this year uh, like think of how many like double digit leads the Warriors have blown this year just think about that five think about that 0 for 5 road trip to start the season alone like you take care of business on that trip all those teams are teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs by the way mm. they're not too far off from being like the number one team in the West. And I think that's kind of what they, they realize that. And that's why the a sense of panic hasn't set in yet. Cause they know they can flip that switch. But the issue is, are they going to flip that switch? And like, when are they going to do it before it's too late? Cause they're capable. I mean, Steph Curry's still on this team. Clay Thompson's still on this team. Draymond Green's still on this team. Like you got Jordan Poole. Like they're, they're like Pete players who won championships just last year are still on this team, but they're not acting like, they're not behaving and operating like a defending champion team. Yeah. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're not taking care of business like defending champions do, right? And there's only like a couple teams in the NBA this year who have winning records on the road, so like they're not alone in that regard. And luckily for them, the entire Western Conference is clustered up. So it, it, it's, it's wild because they're one, they're one winning streak away from being a top three team in the West. They're one losing streak away from potentially being out of the plan. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it, it's such a hard dynamic. But one thing covering this team last year, I realized, is like to never count them out or dismiss yeah. them because there's many points last year where I was just like, hey, there's no way. Well, we're hopeful. I, I know you're in the press box with that press box glare. You know, you're not cheering, but you we're, know, cheering. We're, we're, <laughs> we're cheering. Sorry. But, but, but speaking of which, Who's your team growing up? Did you have a favorite player? Did you have a poster on your wall? I was a Wizards fan, like NBA. Yeah. So I'm like all DC sports, everything, you know, except Auburn, obviously. But I was a, like, I supported like Ohio State and Georgetown growing up, right? Uh, but uh, I was a Washington Wizards fan growing up. Uh, Gilbert Arenas was my first uh, yeah. favorite star player, you know, until yeah. the whole gun locker room situation. Agent Zero. Still love Agent Zero, He though. was so great with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second second round pick, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, I think last pick in the draft, I want to say. Yeah. Something like that. But, um, yeah, so it was uh, Gilbert Arenas and the Wizards, and then, you know, kind of transitioned to the John Wall era. So my two favorite players growing up were Gilbert Arenas and John Wall. Yeah, John Wall's still in the league. Uh, oh, kind of. He's, he's riding in Houston again after <laughs> yeah. the Clippers uh, said, you know, I think he, just bring him home. Just come home, John. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, just come home, man. Just come home to Washington. So. Do, do you have, like, a favorite warrior to watch or even, like, as a quote, someone who's reliable from a journalist's point of view? Probably JP. Like, he's just someone, like, early on I feel like I got connected with, like, on, like, uh, on a good level. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten to know. Like I did a feature. That, like one of my first features I've done, I did on the beat was with JP, yeah. and like I got to know him very well. I got to know his family. Um, I still stay in touch with them. Um, I think last time I saw them, where were we? We were in New Orleans. I want to say. I think his parents came to the game in no, no, Milwaukee. His parents came to the game in Milwaukee, so like I uh, descended the because that press box like on the moon yeah. in there. So like went down there to talk to them. Um, but I don't know. JP's just a good dude. Um, I found myself talking to him in the locker room more than anyone else. Yeah, he's funny. And pool party. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Pool, <laughs> funny guy um, too. Yeah, and he, he seems. Uh, I love how he's not intimidated. You know, you're coming yeah. on a team, and I noticed some of the other players seem to almost like be worried about messing up because you've got maybe Draymond yelling at you on one end and you know Steph and Clay are legends and mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like he gets sucked into any of that and sky's the limit for him really I mean to be this young like 23 years old 
and to be putting up numbers like this. I'm not saying he's Stephen Curry by like any chance, but the Warriors couldn't have asked for a better. If they're able to, you know, Curry's. I think his contract's up in five years. They got Pool under contract for the next four. Um, you know, if he's able to, if they're able to, you know, keep him happy and keep him in house. I mean, they couldn't have asked for a better transition plan. Yeah. Four years from now, he'll only be what 27. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a journalist. <laughs> no but, journalist. Though. Yeah, yeah. So it'll only be like 27. I mean, that's that's incredible. So. Well, I, I was a sports writer at the beginning of my career, and I stopped because I started hating sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that sometimes. Yeah, it was actually the Warriors. They yeah. came. I was in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria area, mm-hmm. and they came to do their training camp there. And right. It was right after like Sprewell hit his coach, mm-hmm. so no one was talking to the media. But more than them, you know, that kind of burst a bubble a little bit because I'm a Warriors fan. But more than that, it was the beat people covering it they seem so beaten down and this is like the warriors at their lowest but i mean there were people who are like 40 years old who looked 60 and i'm like all right i'm out i don't want any part of that but um so i always ask someone who's covering it can you just chill and watch a game can you still root for sports i mean i know you're not rooting for the warriors like that but can you still root for you know the wizards or the commanders or someone else like that you know, it's interesting because the Wizards were just in town the other day, and I remember, like, talking to um, one of the journalists uh, at Chase, and I was just like, it's weird. It's just like, my favorite team is right there. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're uh-huh. right there. Like, I can go I can go in the locker room and go see them. It's, I just don't. I feel like I feel like since covering stuff, like, professionally, um, at least, like, you know, I, I can still root for the commanders, like, hard because I don't cover the NFL. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can root for Auburn hard I don't cover college hoops. But, like... You know, like, I don't know, I just feel like my Wizards fandom has, like, kind of dwindled a little bit since I've been, like, you know, a professional journalist. It's like, even in Japan, the Wizards were there, too, and it's like, I didn't think much about it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, don't get me wrong, like, I'm still a fan. Maybe I'm just, like, salty because they <laughs> traded John Wall and not Bradley Beal. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, like, I, I feel like I'm still a fan of sports, right? Even though, um... No, I'm a journalist. It's just like you got to be passionate, right? Like, what's the point of like doing it if we're not like we're we, we're all fans at the end of the day, right? That's what we do. What we do. Um, so I think you, you you certainly can. You just gotta like know that line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It must be nice going to work at the Chase Center. Yeah, Chase Center is really nice. Uh, popcorn's great. I, I soft serve is great. And uh, once every couple couple games, they have a pretty bomb meal. So. <laughs> <laughs> do they provide journalist food? Yeah, yeah, they got like a little like a uh, little spread out there. Nice. Mm-hmm. But like uh, the best meals in the league, L.A., Detroit. What's a good media meal? Like, what's coming out there? Are we talking? So, so for example, Detroit, like it's like Little Caesars, right? So they got like the Little Caesars pizza. They got like the wings, and they have like the normal food. They got like the ice cream, the popcorn. Like, like, whatever you want. Like, yeah. It's, it's so... Yeah, like, bring an extra carry-on bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you put it in your carry-on closet? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Minnesota has a good medium meal, too. You gotta pay for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be honest. No editor ever listens this far into the podcast. How are you liking the Chronicle? Um, I like it a lot. Like I said, I always wanted to live in San Francisco. Yeah. Tomorrow will mark one year since wow, I moved to the Bay. So, and then um, I think, so 18th, I think I started on like the 21st, 20th or 21st. So it was crazy. It was like, it was like I had my, my first day. 
like um Emilio and Christina like took me out to lunch and I did all my onboarding stuff in the office and like in the next day I was on the road to Portland wow. like just like that like just threw me in there yeah it was cool and then like I remember after I followed my first story like two editors like called me on a group call and I'm just like yeah like are you ready like congratulations your first story of the Chronicles oh. like <laughs> that was nice and it's a it's um and and it hasn't been like a perfect experience but, like no workplace is right but you know at the end of the day i'm like thankful to be here i'm thankful to be able to do what i, what I do cover such a high level team um you know get the you know the other journalists i get to work with and people around the organization like it's absolutely fantastic so i well, mean we, we've been here nearly a combined half century <laughs> which is crazy we both started in 1999 right yeah at that's the right. chronicle my goodness so do you have any questions for us about the chronicle or the bay area in general um, why do people break in the car so much? <laughs> <laughs> my car, you are you question. are actually asking. My car has been vandalized more. Like no one's uh, broken my window, but like my car has been like damaged more so than like anywhere I've ever lived in my life. Like, yeah. This is like Heather's beat. It's like probably <laughs> a good. Let's devote another half hour. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 this is like thirty percent of Heather's beat. <laughs> His car breaking. The property crime e- epidemic in San Francisco and the Bay Area is out of control. We don't have much violent crime, which is great, but mm-hmm. property crime is really, really bad. Insane. My solution is I, I have a really shitty bike, mm-hmm. and I take that everywhere. So, um, <laughs> well, I guess, like, what are your, like, favorite in, in the half century, combined half century, <laughs> you guys have been here? Um, what, what has kept you at the Chronicle for so long? And, like, what are, like... Some, Maybe, like, one of your favorite experiences. Well, you probably don't know um, how we started this whole thing, which is crazy. Um, so back in 2018, we, my little boy, who is obsessed with the Warriors, was equally obsessed with Muni mm-hmm. and memorized the whole bus system. And it inspired wow. us to see if we could ride every bus line in one day. And we did it in 18 hours straight of riding every bus line, streetcar line, cable car line, every vehicle in the city we did it and we ended at a Giants game and they won in the bottom of the ninth and we think it was because of us and we called it Total Muni 2018 and so that's been off into Total SF and we do tons of fun stuff so next time we have an event you have to come of course I'll be there that's amazing (laughs) yeah wow and I always wanted to work here I I grew up reading the Chronicle I was a Heather Chronicle Paperboy I was a Chronicle Paperboy and when I went to college all my friends were like how are we going to get to the New York Times how are we going to get to the Washington Post and I just wanted a path that would bring me back here Um, and I think subliminally I kind of knew at the time that I wasn't going to be a super hard news reporter but the Chronicle has this history of fun and innovation that at the time is seen as something kind of wacky or quirky or goofball, but then ends up being something that everybody else is doing. Yeah. Um, And just, you know, you can experiment here. You can have fun. Like they paid us to ride a bunch of buses (laughs) and, and then they brought, you know, Christina in. that's an example where she's brought in, um, you know, taking chances on things, uh, uh, bringing in Marissa to cover women's sports for the first time in the Chronicle's history. And we have a history of, you know, we hired Wesley Morris when he was a blogger and everybody thought that was crazy. And um, we hired Salejo, who was a cook who didn't have, had never worked at a legacy publication, mainstream news, and that was a great move. So um, I like that part of the Chronicle and mm-hmm. it continues to be that way. And I, I'd like to just retire here if I can. 
So for someone who's still like relatively new to the bed, like what would you guys like recommend I do? Like in terms of like these next couple of days I have oh. just to explore. Do you want to be in San Francisco or the East Bay? Uh, San Francisco. Well, we are huge fans of Golden Gate Park. There's a ton to do. Um, there's a Ferris wheel you can ride, which is a lot of fun. It's Magnolia season at the Botanical Gardens. Mm-hmm. There's a whole road they closed down called JFK Promenade to Cars, and you can walk, jog, roller skate. Um, there's a beer garden yeah, there's there. A beer garden. I mean, you don't really need to leave. I would almost say, like, drive out there and then rent a bike, bike around, and just see what you find. Mm-hmm. I mean, Golden Gate Park is spectacular. It's the best park in the country. Yeah. Yeah. So I would start there, and then um, I think the Embarcadero, like, has a lot to, you know, it's just every inch of it is beautiful if you just take the ferry out. The ferry costs less than BART. It's I four fifty. I took it to a job. Okay, it's super uh, inexpensive, and it's beautiful in its own right. And then just come out to the Embarcadero. Like, there's so many great food places in the ferry building, and you can take an F-line up, or you can just walk around, and, you know, if you want to get a beer or you want to get a burger or you want to just check out a museum there's a lot of stuff within you can also distance. ride the new central subway from near the chronicle um powell you can connect to union square ride it into chinatown uh-huh. and then there's great dumpling places I like chinatown like has um, the golden gate fortune cookie factory where you can see um these elderly chinese women making this little factory with like fortune cookies and it, it, so much yeah. to explore yeah okay. yeah all right. We, we gave you some advice. And, you know, listen to Total SF. That's like, that's like half of our things are like the eight best whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> stairways in San Francisco. <laughs> you know, we get really granular. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. And we love your Warriors coverage. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we're finally able to do this. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.